Welcome to a refreshing podcast from Life Church. Get ready. The Word of God will be planted into your heart and will produce God's best in your life. Third me up to teach on a message called Highway to Purpose. And um, I'm going to be teaching on this for the next couple of weeks. And I really want to encourage you to be here for every week because it really is going to build from one week to the next. Everyone here has purpose, and um, the Lord wants you to fulfill your purpose. One of the things that we believe for as a church is that everyone will be clear about God's intentions for their lives, that you would live out God's purposes for your life. So a lot of what I teach, a lot of what I share will center around the will of God, doing the will of God, fulfilling his plan for your life, fulfilling destiny. These are themes that you'll hear constantly from me because it's part of my call as a pastor to shepherd people into the will of God. And I'm going to just say this right now, as I say it often, you're going to fulfill the will of God for your life. You will not live and die without fulfilling God's plan. So just settle that in your life. That's going to happen. Where my dreamers at? Anybody dream? All right. Praise God. Who here receives spiritual dreams, dreams from the Lord? Yeah. Praise God. Let me teach you something about dreams, whether you realize it or not. Uh, God speaks through dreams. And anyone had a dream before where you're in a car, you're in a vehicle? Yeah. Okay. Anytime you're in a vehicle, you're in a car, and it's a spiritual dream, the dream is it tends to be focusing on the direction that your life is going in. That's what cars and vehicles represent. When you dream that in a dream, it speaks of destiny. It speaks of purpose. Many times that you'll have a dream and you'll be in a car, the car will be moving fast, it'll be moving slow, it'll be stuck, you'll be going off one way, another way. And in that dream, God is trying to show you something about the direction your life is going in. He's trying to show you where he wants to take you based on the feeling and the, the, that, the dynamics of what's happening. And so one day I was um, sitting in my car and the Lord just dropped this entire series in my spirit. He began to alert me to all the different signs that you see when you're driving. There's many, many different signs. And he began to correlate a word in my heart with these signs. He began to show me that just as you see signs on the road and signs are there to direct you, signs are there to keep you safe, they're there to navigate your course, so is, so is the case in the realm of the spirit. There are signs on the road that you are on right now and everyone's on a road that you must pay attention to in order for you to fulfill God's plan for your life. And one of the signs that I'm going to just share today, the only sign actually, I wanted to share a lot, but I feel the Lord wants me to just focus on one sign and just really one aspect of this sign. I, I, could, I could talk about this sign for the next month, easy, but I just feel to just, just share one point. It's going to be sort of the opener. And the sign is the fork in the road sign. Anybody see the sign before fork in the road? Everyone on the course of fulfilling destiny will see this sign in their life. 
you will see a sign that tells you there is a fork ahead. And I want to show you what that looks like. I'm going to just really give you more, more specific on one thing, but I want you to understand that right now you are on a road, whether you realize it or not, and there will be signs ahead that will tell you there's a fork in the road. So the thing about a fork in the road is that as you're driving, you could either be on the road that you're supposed to be on, and it's still telling you you're on course, wonderful, but you're going to come to a point where you're either going to continue going on the course that you're supposed to go on, or you'll veer off. Some of you are right there. You're on the right course. You're on the right course. But even though you're on the right course, it doesn't mean that you won't come across a fork in the road. Some of you, you're on the wrong course. You're on a course, but it's the wrong course. And God's mercy still gives you an opportunity to get on course. And so even though you're on the wrong course, his mercy points to a sign giving you a way off that course. And you can either continue on the wrong course or you can take that exit. Now, I don't know if you guys, I know, of course, many of us drive. Some of you don't, so some of you may not relate to this. But you ever been on a road and you're coming to a fork in the road and you don't know which way to go? You don't know whether to go left or right. Your directions are kind of, you know, unclear. So there's a third option. What's that third option, drivers? Now, let's just say you're on the highway. You can't stop. <laughs> well, you can't stop. You do stop, actually. You go right in the middle. Anybody, anybody ever done that no highway before? You go right in the shoulder. That's what it's called. And you pitch yourself right in that little sweet spot, right, where you don't know which direction to go, whether to go left or whether to go right. And though traffic is speeding, you're kind of like in the safe space. Some of you are at that spot right now. You know you need to go left or right. You're not sure where to go. Some of you, you know where to go. You're afraid to go. So therefore, you're in that stuck spot. We all face forks in the road. And I want to just share with you. This is what the Lord gave me, so I'm going to just share it. I don't know why. I didn't, didn't necessarily want to preach this, but this is what the Lord gave me, so I'm going to just share it. The one fork that he wants me to really make clear to you is that this fork in the road has two options. The fork of forgiveness or the fork of bitterness. The fork of forgiveness or the fork or the road of bitterness, I should say. That's the fork. The road leading to forgiveness, the road leading to bitterness. On the road, on the road to purpose, and everyone here is on a road, you will encounter moments of hurt and disappointment. You will encounter moments where you will need to forgive on the road to purpose. And there will be many signs that point to this. You could either go the road of forgiveness or you can go the road of bitterness. And let me just say very clearly, bitterness will keep you from fulfilling your purpose. 
We're talking about highway to purpose. When you walk this life, this walk that God has called you to walk, you will encounter moments of hurt and disappointment. And I want to be very clear about what I'm talking about because I'm not just talking about people who hurt you. Some people, they're disappointed at circumstances and they're bitter about where they are in life. And they, they walk around feeling, I've been robbed, I've been cheated. I've been robbed by systems of government. I've been robbed by maybe my parents. I've been robbed by God. I've been robbed by people. Life is unfair, and they live a life of bitterness. Sometimes it's very specific to an individual. Someone hurt me. Someone betrayed my trust. Someone walked out on me. Someone lied on me. Someone did something very specific. I want to let you know, it doesn't make a difference who you're bitter against. Bitterness will cause you not to fulfill purpose. And everyone will see the sign ahead in his mercy. There's a fork ahead. So as soon as you're, as soon as you're hurt, I want you to envision a fork ahead. That fork is giving you two options. You can go the road of forgiveness or you can go the road of bitterness. I want to show, I want to show you what bitterness looks like. It's going to help. It's going to free many of us in the name of Jesus. Start, let's start with Hebrews chapter 12. It says, pursue love. What are we to pursue? Love. Say it loud. Love. Oh, I said peace. I said peace. Pursue peace. Right? That's what she said. Lord have mercy. I'm thinking of 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue peace. Somebody say pursue peace. peace. Lord have mercy. With all people. How many people? How about the person who abused you? How about the person who is not at peace with you? Pursue. What does the word pursue mean? Go after. That means this is an offensive position. I'm actively doing something to create a situation in this dynamic, in my relationship, my whatever relationship I have, I'm pursuing something. Pursue what? With who? Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. This is powerful. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. Let me just tell you this right now. If you don't deal with bitterness, it will cause trouble in your life. It's a root that if you don't watch, if you're not careful, it will cause trouble in your life. And by this, many, somebody say many. So this is something that many people deal with. When you think about this, many people are bitter in life. Many, not a few, not just the people who are not spiritual and not in church and never heard about God. No, many people, many people are bitter. And this is what happens. They become defiled. 
lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. Now, this may kind of go ahead over the head of some of us, but let me just explain what this means. Esau, Esau was a twin brother. His twin was Isaac. Excuse me, Jacob. <laughs> I'm bugging out. Jacob and Isaac. I'm bugging out. Esau was mad at his brother because he stole his birthright. But he didn't really steal it. He sold it. And he sold it because he didn't value it. He didn't value it because there was a root of bitterness in his heart. Bitterness will cause you not to value the things that God has placed in your life. This is why people are so quick to cut people off. The reason why you're so quick to cut people off is because you don't value people. And the reason why you don't value people is because there's a root of bitterness on the inside. Esau had an issue. And so he got to a place where he was hungry one day. He wanted some food. He said, look, Jacob, Make me this, you know, let me have some of this soup that you made. Jacob was a trickster. Jacob said, okay, I'll do that, but you got to sell me your birthright. He says, please, what is this birthright to me in this moment? I'm going to die. He wasn't going to die. I'm so hungry, I'm going to die. Sure, you can have it. Just give me the soup. Tricked him. The Bible called him profane, defiled, because he took lightly what God placed in his life. There are things that God puts in your life, people that God puts in your life, opportunities that God puts in your life. A root of bitterness will cause you to overlook it and dismiss it and say it's not even important. I don't care about that. And you'll walk away from a blessing that is meant to carry you to your purpose. That's how dangerous Bitterness is. I want you to see this. Bitterness is subtle. It is a root deeply planted in one's heart that is designed to bring trouble. The root of bitterness forms from disappointment, hurt, and unforgiveness. There are people who are bitter against pastors, leaders. Government officials. And what happens is that you now become a person who cannot see value in that anymore. So you dismiss what God puts in your life. That's not true for anyone's here, of course, right? That's the danger of bitterness. The road of bitterness, it leads, number one, to being unable to appreciate what God has given you. You're always in a state of discontentment. You know anybody who's never satisfied? Always discontented? Always, are, always argumentative? Always complaining? Always murmuring? Never content? What's the cause of that? 
there's a root of bitterness. I'm calling it out in the name of the Lord Jesus. That root of bitterness will be destroyed out of your life. You know someone who's constantly complaining? Here's why. There's a root of bitterness. This is why they're constantly in a state of dissatisfaction in their life. Let me tell you something. You want to be satisfied in life? It's not going to come by the means of people. It's not going to come by the means of a good job. It's not going to come by the means of a good wife, a good husband. It's not going to come by the means of a big house. It's not going to come by the means of any of those things. You have to learn, as Paul said, you have to learn in whatever state you are in to be content. This is what, this is what Philippians 4, uh, 13 says. He was like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what he was talking about? I know how to be abased. I also know how to abound. No matter what state I'm in, I'm good. I'm happy. This is why Paul, even when he was in a place of persecution, when he was in prison, even while he was in a place of people wanting to kill him, he was still encouraging people to be joyful. Why? He didn't see joy as a thing or a function of what was happening around him. He saw it as something that was deeply planted in him. If you have bitterness on the inside of you, you will find a reason why you shouldn't be happy. You will always find a reason why you shouldn't be happy. Think about that. Paul, people wanting to kill him. People stoning him. Shipwrecked. In jail. Dealing with all kinds of issues that, of the churches that he planted. And yet, he was full of joy. Why? Joy is not a function of what's going around you. It's a function of what's in you. And joy cannot give its full expression if there's a root of bitterness on the inside of you. That root of bitterness is coming out in the name of the Lord. I want you to listen to what I'm saying to you today because you have an option. You can go the road of forgiveness or you can go the road of bitterness. Bitterness will destroy your destiny. Bitterness will keep you from fulfilling God's purpose for your life. Bitterness will keep you from being unable to appreciate what God has given you. Look at Exodus 15, verse 23. This is the children of Israel. They were just delivered out of Egypt. They're about to go into the promised land. Now, when they came to Marah... They could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Imagine that. They came, and they're thirsty, and they couldn't drink the waters. Why? It was bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. Write this down. The road of bitterness leads to you being useless to people God puts in your path. They couldn't drink because the water was bitter. How many people God puts in your path, they can't drink from you because you're bitter? How many opportunities go by you that you cannot take advantage of because of bitterness on the inside? You're jaded. You see things a certain way. 
you're, 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 you're cynical. You know, you see, you, see, you see things constantly in a sarcastic manner. You don't have a heart full of faith to move forward with what God wants to do with you now. So when opportunity comes and you look at it dismissively, they came to drink. They could not drink because they were bitter. I'm speaking over your life today. God will send people to you. You'll be able to, they'll be able to drink from your life because you are not bitter in Jesus' name. Do you receive that? Exodus 15, 24 to 25. And the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? This is what happens when you're bitter. When you're bitter, people are unable to be blessed by you, and your relationships become very sour. And it's, a, it's like a, a, a never-ending cycle. Complaining starts to come up. Arguing starts to come up. Fighting is constantly in the place. Why? A root of bitterness. I'm speaking about that because I feel like by the Spirit, some of you have held things in your heart that you're disappointed by, that you're hurt by, that you're angry with. And God is saying to you today very clearly, your future, your future, the destiny I have for you, it will not come to pass if you do not allow me to heal that place of brokenness, of hurt, of discontentment. If you're holding on to it as if it's a prized possession, you're going to veer off course. Look at the signs ahead. Take the road of forgiveness in the name of the Lord. Some people, this is going to sound strange, some people you need to forgive and they didn't even do anything wrong. Why? Because you think they did something wrong to you. You think they're at odds with you. Some people need to forgive God. How many know that God didn't do anything wrong? God doesn't need your forgiveness, but you might think he did. You need to let it go. You need to come to a place where you say, Lord, I'm no longer holding you responsible for this failure in my life. I'm no longer holding you responsible for these people who did me wrong. I'm no longer holding you responsible for where I am. I'm releasing you of the responsibility of what happened in the past. No, Lord God, I don't see you that way anymore. The root of bitterness will keep you from moving forward. And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. I see the Lord casting a tree in your heart today. Yeah. I see the Lord healing your heart today. Places that were bitter are going to turn sweet. And when they turn sweet, you'll be able to connect with people much more easily. Praise God. I'm excited about that. Luke 17. This is beautiful. Jesus is going to teach on forgiveness. And he says this in verse 3. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if, and if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. 
<laughs> Look at the apostle's response. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> Lord, we need a lot of faith for that. <laughs> increase our faith. <laughs> so the Lord said, I love this. I'm going to stop here for a second because he's about to say something that he said something similarly to found in Mark 11. In Mark 11, he taught about casting mountains aside. He says in Mark 11, he says, if this mountain is before you, if you have no doubt in your heart, you speak to this mountain, he says, be removed, it will obey you. How many know that you can move mountains? Using your faith to move mountains is the faith you use for circumstances that stand in your way. But Jesus is about to teach the same thing, but he's going to switch it just a little differently in this case. Mountain-moving faith offers circumstances that stand in your way. But do you realize you need faith to deal with unforgiveness and hurt? That's not mountain-moving faith. That's tree-removing tree faith. Because bitterness is like a tree planted into your heart. Look what he says. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted into the sea and it would obey you. Think about that. Think about what's being said here. Jesus is saying, you want faith, an increased level of faith? Sure. But to be honest with you, you don't need a lot of faith. You just need faith. Just as a mustard seed faith. That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. So you may be sitting here, Pastor, how do I actually forgive? Very simple. By faith. How do I take the road to forgiveness and not veer off to the road of bitterness? By faith. He said, you can, you're asking me to increase your faith? Because I told you if someone comes to you and, and they, they, need, they need forgiveness, and I'm telling you, listen, I don't care if they come to you 70 times 7. I want you to forgive them every single time. Jesus, that's a lot of faith. We need a lot of faith for that. He says, no, you don't. You need faith as small as a mustard seed. All you need to do is speak to this mulberry tree. Because that's what bitterness is. It's like a tree. A tree planted into your heart. And so maybe you're here right now, and you have trees, you have seeds of bitterness planted into your heart. It's very subtle. How do you deal with that? How do you deal when you're disappointed about life, disappointed about where you are in life, disappointed about people, disappointed in people, disappointed in God? You're disappointed. You feel like people held you back. You feel that someone should have done something for you, and if they did that, life would be different. And there's a seed of bitterness on the inside. What do you do? You do what Jesus said to do. You speak to that seed, that root of bitterness, just as you would speak to a mulberry tree, and you say, out you go in the name of Jesus. I will not hold on to bitterness. I will not hold on to it. If there's a root of bitterness on the inside of you, I want to be very clear to you. You will not fulfill purpose this way. You will not fulfill God's plan this way. 
People who fulfill God's plan are people who have emptied themselves out of any form of hurt and bitterness. Hurt will come. It will come. Disappointment will come. It will come. On the road to destiny, you will experience disappointment. It will happen. What do you do in that moment? Take the road to forgiveness. Somebody say forgiveness Forgiveness. is not a feeling. And this is what trips people up. Sometimes people say, I can't forgive. I'm still mad. Well, that's when you forgive. I can't forgive. I'm still angry. That's why you need to forgive. I can't forgive. I'm still hurt. That's when you need to forgive. I can't forgive. The situation didn't change. That's when you need to forgive. I can't forgive. Yes, you can. How do you forgive? By faith. Forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's a decision you make. And when you make the decision to forgive, you stay on the course to fulfilling destiny. I'm cursing every root of bitterness in this place. Every form of resentment that you have towards loved ones, every form of disappointment that you've regarded and kept into your heart, I'm cursing that in your life. It will not remain. You will take the road to forgiveness. The root of forgiveness. How do I do it? One, this is beautiful. Pay attention to this because it's very important. How do I take the road to forgiveness? Confess the sin of holding a grudge. Confess the sin of holding a grudge. You know, when I do wrong about whatever it is, I make it a habit by his grace, not just to change my posture about whatever it is. I first acknowledge that what I'm doing is wrong. That's very important. I first acknowledge, Lord, my ad, I prosecute something that is wrong. Lord, this is not your best. This feeling that I've held on to is wrong. These thoughts that I'm allowing to remain in my mind is not your will. This feeling that I'm having towards this person is against what your word has said. I start to acknowledge what God has said. I'm confessing my fault before the Lord. Instead of saying, man, that was a good word. You know what? Let me just change my... No, 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 no. Acknowledge your faults. Because if you don't, you will do a poor job at rewiring your soul into maintaining the decision you've made. You need to rewire your thoughts and say, this is wrong, and so therefore, I'm changing. Because when you change and you do it with that understanding, your change is not based on a mood. It's based on a revelation. You're not changing because that word was good and, yeah, I'm going to make that decision. No, no, no. I'm changing because the word of the Lord has spoken to me, and I'm rewiring my posture, my position, my mindset, and I'm acknowledging that this is wrong, and from this point forward, 
I will walk the road of forgiveness. So the very first thing you need to do, if you're feeling overwhelmed, how do I forgive? First, confess the sin of holding a grudge. Lord, I have no right to hold a grudge against someone. Somebody say, I have no right. Do you really believe that? I want you to think about that. I have absolutely no right to hold or withhold forgiveness from someone. I am in complete violation of the word when I do that. That's how you got to talk. Lord, I am completely wrong. I have no basis to do this. I'm completely out of your will by saying I have a right to have this hardened exterior against this individual. No, Lord God, I have absolutely no right. When you release those words, when that's a revelation in your soul that just as I've been forgiven, I must release forgiveness. That's what causes the grace of repentance to flow in your, in your life. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, 32. I love this scripture. It says, and be kind to one another. Tender hearted. How do you know if you've forgiven, if you have no bitterness? Are you tender towards the person who offended you? Are you tender? Tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Are you tender towards the individual? I'm going to say it this way. Sometimes when you walk in love towards an individual, love will even cause you to like someone. We make a distinction a lot of times between love and like. You could love someone, not like them. I get, the dis- I, I, get the di- I get the difference. But you know what pure love does? Pure searches for a reason to like someone. Sometimes it's a coward posture to say, I love you, but I don't like you. I love you, but stay over there. Sometimes, out of your own protection, I get that. I understand that there's certain situations where someone could be abusive, someone could be really harmful to your health, and you need to maintain a certain distance. I get that. But sometimes it's just that they're just annoying. Let's be real. Sometimes it's just that they're just annoying. Love will cause you to find a reason to like them. Love will cause you to be tender towards that individual. Tender-hearted. How do I know if I'm bitter? Is your heart tender? When you see the individual, does your heart kind of like cake up a little bit? Are you tender? I'm speaking this because I feel like if you're going to fulfill purpose, your heart has to be tender. Here's where I want to end. This is what the Lord just kept telling me. This is really where I want to just camp on now. I really sense that there are people who are not tender towards the Lord. Your heart is not tender towards him. Tenderness towards the Lord. You believe God for something. It didn't happen. You trusted Lord. I'm trusting you. It didn't happen. And you somehow hold God responsible for it. 
I was speaking to an individual some time ago, and I was encouraging the individual to make the decision to be involved with someone who's a believer. And the person proceeded to tell me, well, you know what? Look, my experience with people in the world and people in the faith is the same thing. Like, the people, like, the men in the church have hurt me just as bad as the men in the world. So I don't really see a reason to, you know, limit myself to a Christian man. Now, anybody felt that before? All right. So some people felt that before. It's a common thing. Yeah, you felt that before. Very high. Okay. Christian men, worldly men, a lot of times, no different. I told the individual, I said, listen, you have to understand something. God didn't say don't be in a relationship with someone who's not a believer because the person that's a believer is going to treat you better. That's not the reason why he told you not to be in a relationship with an unbeliever. He told you don't be in a relationship with an unbeliever because that's not what he wants, period. So sometimes we think that God gave us a command for a reason, and when that reason doesn't pan out, we hold it, ag we hold it against them. God didn't promise that if you get with a Christian, your relationship is going to be off the hook. I'm going to be honest with you. That's, that's, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach if you wait for a Christian man or a Christian woman, then, then your relationship going to be the best. No, it won't be. You got work to do. He said don't be in a relationship with someone who's not a believer just because I don't want you to be in one. That's it. Don't add reasons to it because if you add reasons to it, when that reason doesn't pan out, you start to hold God responsible. Sometimes people are offended at things. And it's because they had assumptions that they had no reasons to have an assumption for. You think because you hold out, you didn't have sex before marriage, that your sex life is going to be off the hook? It might not be. It might not be. No, sometimes we think that, oh, I'm going to obey God in this area, and so therefore when I get married, my sex life is going to be off the hook. No, it might not be. And if you get married thinking that, oh, my sex life is going to be off the hook, and then it's not, now you've got a problem with God. God didn't say don't have sex before marriage so that when you get married, you're saying, no, he, didn't, he said don't do it because it's not what I want for you, period. See, when we add reasons to things, we now open the door for offense. Your obedience to God is simply based on the fact that it gives him pleasure. Don't add to it. Lord, I want to obey you because this is what pleases you. Not that my pleasure is irrelevant, but because it's secondary, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Lord, I went to church for a month straight. Things didn't turn around. Bible didn't tell you that if you go to, month, go to church a month straight, things will turn around. Bible didn't say that. Lord, I paid my tithes for a month straight. My finance, I'm still broke. And? <laughs> and? Why do you do the things you do? If you're adding reasons to it, you're going to be offended at God. Your heart has to be, I do it because it gives him pleasure. That's what keeps you from having a hardened heart. Lord, I was doing this. Lord, I was doing that. Things should be this way. Who says? 
Who said? Do you have now? If you have a basis for it, then go to God and say, Lord, your word said. Now, God, now, now you got God's attention. Your word said that if I and if I and if I. Now God is like, okay, now we're talking. Now we're talking. That's what I'm talking. But don't just assume things and then put it on me and make me responsible for your ultimate joy and happiness. No, you got to learn how to have a better attitude. You got to learn how to save money. You got to learn how to exercise and treat your body well. Don't make me responsible for every single thing just because you obeyed me in this area. It won't happen that way. You obey me because I'm your Lord, because I'm your God, and it pleases me. And yes, if you live like that, you'll see the benefits of it. But it's not a one-to-one -one equation. You don't just do this and expect this. You do this and do this. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't happen. All of a sudden, I'm, you're ready to leave Jesus. What is your faith based on? What is your faith based on? My faith is based on the fact that I know Jesus died for my sins. And like the old times would say, if he, do, if he does nothing else for me, that'll be all right. Now, I thank God for the something else he's going to do. I want more things. But when I think about eternity, truly, if he does nothing else, I'm good. When I think about the fact that I was going to hell, on my way to hell, and the Lord rescued me from eternal damnation, how dare I consider walking away from him because some relationship didn't work? How dare I consider walking away from him because I got fired from some job, because I'm in debt. Maybe you made poor financial decisions. Take responsibility for where you are. Don't hold God responsible for everything. Don't be hardened in your heart. He's calling you right now to be tender in heart. Let me tell you something right now. You, I just feel to say this because married, many married people have done this. You think just because you marry a Christian, your relationship is going to be the best. It might not be. It, and you know what? There's some people in the world that will have better relationships than you. See, when you understand that, it puts you in a position to say, okay, God, my obedience is not conditional. My obedience is not conditional. So Satan doesn't have anything to use against me to say, ah, you see this, what happened? Oh, you see what the... No, 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 no. I serve the Lord because I love him. I obey him because I love him. That's why I do what I do. He wants you to be tender and if you have a root of bitterness in your heart right now, God is saying, don't hold me responsible for it. I am not the cause of it. I did not fail you. I did not disappoint you. I did not let you down. I did not neglect you. That's what the Lord is saying to you. I am not to blame. I'm your God. I'm with you. I will help you. But do not hold me responsible for the pains that you've experienced in the past. I am the one who heals you, not the one who hurts you. That's what the Lord is saying to you today. I am the one who heals you. I am not the one who hurts you. Thank you, Father, for healing us in the name of Jesus. We will be tender towards you. 
This is how you know if you're bitter towards the Lord. When the word of the Lord comes to you, do you immediately dismiss it? Ugh, heard that already. Ugh, can't. No, 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 no. That's why the Bible says, do not despise prophecies. Why does it say that? Because many times people come to the point where they do despise it. I don't want to hear another word. Anybody said it before? Ooh, I, I said that in my own folly. I don't want to hear another word about this. Mm-mm, that's God confirming. I haven't forgotten. I want to let you know. I'm doing this. I shared that before. I remember there was a time where I was trust, we were trusting for, for another child. And I mean, I got so many words. I remember in my soul, I had to check myself. Don't, don't get hardened. I don't want to hear another word about another child. Just, Lord, just do it. Don't, don't tell me nothing. Just do it. I don't want to hear another word about a man, about a woman coming. Just, just send the person, and then I'll just, I don't want to hear it. Anybody been there? I don't want to hear another promise about my house being paid off, about this coming out. I don't want to hear it. I just want to see it. We get to that point, right, where you don't want to hear it anymore. Watch that place. Watch that place. Don't, don't, go, don't allow yourself to get to that place. Every time a word comes to you, say, yes, Lord, I believe it. Thank you for reminding me of your good pleasure towards me, your good plans towards me. Yes, Lord. Thank you for taking the time to remind me for the tenth. Maybe if you believe really, I wouldn't have to keep reminding you. Maybe if you really trusted me, I wouldn't have to constantly send people your way. Maybe the reason why you keep hearing the same word over and over and over again is because you didn't really get it. Maybe if it's really settled in you, that word will bring a delight in your soul. So I had to train myself. Every time someone, Pastor, I see this. Oh, man, I see it too. Praise the Lord. Man, I saw this. Oh, I had a dream. Anybody, anybody believe in something? Someone, everyone's having a dream about you. Oh, I dreamt this. I dreamt this. Yes, Lord, thank you for the dream. It's coming to pass. What happens? You keep your heart tender, 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 tender. Once you get to the point, you're like, I don't want to hear it. I'm despising prophecy. I don't want to hear this no more. I don't want to hear that no more. I heard that before. You block God from being able to do what he wants to do in your life. I just want to tell you, it's going to sound strange because I know God didn't do anything wrong, but you may think he did. I'm here to tell you, forgive him. He's not wrong, but you need to release what you think he's wrong about. You need to say, Lord, I'm releasing this. I'm releasing this. Tenderness is what the Lord is looking for. Tenderness towards your parents. Tenderness towards your, oh, man, it's going, I'm going to step on some toes. Tenderness towards your boss, your supervisor, your manager, that crazy woman that gives you problems. Tenderness, tenderness, tenderness towards your coworker. tenderness. It's in tenderness that God can use you. When you're not bitter, people can come to you and they can draw from the life that God has placed inside of you because the waters aren't bitter. They can drink from you. Tenderness is what the Lord is calling you for. In the name of the Lord, I see that right now happening. The root of bitterness is coming out. Lift your hand in the air. Say, Lord, I will be tender in heart. Forgiving, just as I have been forgiven in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. That's the reason why you forgive, because I have been forgiven. 
because I have been forgiven. I'm going to end on this. Do you know how insulting it is to God when we do not forgive? You know what we're saying? I just want you to be very clear about what we're saying. We're saying that the Lord forgave this individual through the death of Jesus Christ for all of their sins, all of their sins. But this one, oh, the blood don't reach that far. You know, when it reaches to the highest mountain? No, 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 no. This is a different kind of mountain, Lord. It don't flow to this valley. Is this sin here? No, 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 Lord. I cannot let this one go. What we're saying is you, I, I have a higher standard than you do. That's what we're saying. My standard of righteousness is much higher. You can forgive that, but they did something that I cannot forgive. They need to do more work. Jesus was not enough for this. That's what we're saying. Jesus was not enough. This is why God takes holding forgiveness so seriously because it's a mockery to the cross. We're saying he is not enough for this. And in fact, he's more than enough. That's why we're told, forgive just as you've been forgiven. Why should you forgive? Because I've been forgiven. And I forgive because I'm not posturing myself as if what I was forgiven for is, you know, very small compared to what I need to forgive them for. No, 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 no. Not at all. I see the root of bitterness being canceled out of your life in the name of Jesus. This concludes today's message. If you need prayer, want to give a donation, or would like more information about Life Church, visit us at www.ny.com lifechurch.com